I could walk. But what if I ran? I could learn the rules, dedicate myself to efficiently following them. But what if I learned the rules to break them? What if I created a new game entirely? I could take who I was, polish it up, change my approach. But what if I completely recreated myself? What if I pushed yesterday out to sea like a paper boat in a storm and watched it sail away? Life is a game of levels. And believe me, no one understands the importance of showing up more than I. Fulfilling that promise to yourself that you'll be there for you. Standing tall and ready, willing to take the world on. But isn't it logical, once showing up has been instilled into one's DNA, once stepping forward has become second nature, to look around and ask, how can I show up in an even more powerful way? How can I take this walk to a sprint? Turn the few into many? How can I transform the I participated into I dominated? Because it's subtle, right? Moving from one level to another. There's no indicator. When does the right thing suddenly become not enough? When are we ready for more? It's a tough one. But for the few, who really, truly, with all their heart, want it, it's a question that must be asked. Perhaps it's when the hard thing becomes, well, routine. When you find yesterday's ceiling under your feet. Perhaps it's when the excitement has subsided. So look around and ask, is it time? Is it time to find a new level to elevate yourself to? Is it time to open the cage and let yourself further into the world? Because few find the courage to go, but even fewer find the courage to repeatedly ask more of themselves when life is heavy, when the road is untraveled. So yes, you could walk, but what if you ran? What if you gave every ounce of yourself to the journey so that when it ends, as all journeys do, you can say you held nothing back? You conceded zero. Life is a game of levels, and should you decide the ascent is where the magic lives, you'll find yourself with the view that only the few will ever get the luxury of laying their eyes upon. You'll find that every time you were tired or depleted or unsure and you stepped forward anyway, you were creating the life of your dream.
You can salvage the day. You can salvage the week, the month, the year, the years. All is not lost, it's never lost. The trap is looking back and using what happened to define what will happen. Using what's behind you to map what's in front of you. What brought this to mind? Well, personal note, this has happened before. Today was not a good one. At least not until now. Not from a productivity standpoint. I just got back from Europe, a little jet lagged. I've never had more to do, but simultaneously done so little with my time, which is frustrating. But I'm going to the gym in an hour, and that leaves me 60 minutes to salvage what could easily have been looked back upon as a lost day. See, something that I think is beautiful about life is that you can get countless things wrong, you're afforded substantial room for error, and it's often, you know, you only need to get one thing right. Like take dating, right? Countless wrong relationships, you only need one to work out, right? Entrepreneurship, ton of mistakes, lots of swings and misses, that's built into the process, but the one win can change everything. Or these stories, these ideas I share on social media, right? A lot of them totally miss. They resonate with me and, you know, sometimes me alone. But if one resonates with others, one gains traction, there's a lot of impact to be had there. And so I wanted to share this because it's a slightly different angle to what I've talked about before. Of course, this has elements of, yeah, you don't feel like it, well, do it anyway. Right? David Goggins would have an aneurysm uh, hearing that I even contemplated not writing today. But here's the thing. It's very easy to group a period of time together and call it a loss. Eh, it didn't happen today, it might tomorrow. Right? It's easy to look back on what you were and use it to build walls uh, around yourself. To say it's what you are now. When in reality, there is still value to be squeezed out. Just because what existed before now was antithetical to everything you wanted it to be, well, that doesn't mean there's no win buried in there. It doesn't mean between 4.45 and 5.45 here today, I can't share something that's important to me that might help other people identify and dive into something that's important to them, right? All is not lost if time remains. It's a message that, sure, it might be psychologically easier to walk away from the day because the first half wasn't good, but that's not the move. There contains somewhere in there the seed that will grow, or at least begin the process of growing what you need. Jim Quick, he recently said, some days all you have is 40%. And on those days, giving 40% is 100%. Maybe seeing that subconsciously saved my day today. I don't know, but it's very easy to check out uh, when the past was not what you wanted it to be. Instead of thinking, yeah, but one right move right now changes everything, changes the momentum, alters the personal identity. You're always one move, one decision away from reigniting momentum. A quote unquote bad day can be completely mitigated uh, with one incredible decision or action. 
So let's pull this up a level. Where does it bring us? It brings us to those moments we're sitting in bed, wishing things were a little different, went a little differently, or looking in the mirror, disappointed in the day. And instead of letting it define the story in totality, remembering that there's something there, maybe just one thing, one action, one decision, one move you can take to salvage what remains. There's some value you can find that will reposition your outlook on what has occurred. There is no loss here, only the win that hasn't happened yet. One of the more powerful realizations I've had, both in business and life overall, is that what we do to win today and what we do to position ourselves to win tomorrow, they're often very different things. And we've probably all experienced this in some capacity. We get sucked into the cycle of doing, becoming so task-oriented that we don't make time to step back and ask, which direction do I want this ship to go? Because sure, we have to keep it afloat, and we have to keep it afloat now. But also, we have to navigate. The ship's role isn't solely to float, right? It's, it's a transportation mechanism, a vehicle. Where are we going? And so the question becomes, how do we balance the two? I came across an awesome book by Lee Benson called Your Most Important Number. And uh, I'm about halfway through, but already finding a ton of value that I'll be sharing in the future, primarily around positioning your business for success. And one of the first things the book discusses is the difference between what Lee calls eating and dreaming. Eating being the things we need to do now to take care of matters that are essential for today, the things that need to get done. So using the same metaphor, actions to keep that boat afloat. And then there's the dreaming, which is essentially doing things now that help position the organization for success in the future, down the road. It's asking, what can I do today that will ensure we are winning tomorrow? So boat metaphor, it's planning for storms that may arise later in the journey. It's analyzing the best destinations and charting the course. And here's what really struck me. Lee suggests, based on his consulting, that ideally leaders should be, uh, I believe the number was 80% dreaming and 20% eating. So yeah, doing what has to be done today, obviously, but largely focused on positioning the organization and themselves for success in the days to come. And what he's found is that very often out in the world, that ratio is flipped. People are so consumed by the day-to-day -day that the future takes a back seat to the nuance and the quote-unquote putting out fires of the present moment. We're spending 80% of our time eating. Now, like most things, this is not one size fits all. Uh, say frontline manager at a factory is not gonna be 80% dreaming and 20% eating. Their task requirements 
uh, are, are, are different. But the point remains, it's imperative that we in some capacity utilize our resources now to look ahead. I don't know if I've ever told this story, but I always joke around with my brother about it. When we were kids in Southern California, we'd have these basically battles on the beach, right? Where we'd go down to uh, the hard sand right in front of the water. And we'd each build these little wall slash fort type things, maybe 20 feet apart from each other. This is like emulating World War I type stuff. And then we'd make cannonballs out of sand and, and just throw the sand at each other, right? So in a way, this is a perfect metaphor because uh, we would always be juggling on one hand, building the fort that would protect us from the other person. So dreaming. And then on the other hand, I mean, those things hurt, right? We'd have to in real time be dodging incoming sand simultaneously to building that wall, right? So uh, the eating. And he's a bit younger than me, so admittedly this wasn't really fair. But regardless, you know, he would get so consumed with throwing sand uh, that his wall would be really cheaply made. At the beginning, I'd be trying to make this really solid base foundation. He would just be pelting me with this stuff, and it was brutal. But as time went on, I'd build that wall higher and higher. Eventually, it would be lights out for him. He'd have nothing to hide behind. The young buck was doing, let's say, less, way less than 80% dreaming. Uh, and so I'm no longer building castles in the sand. But as Thoreau said, now I'm looking to build them in the air, seeking to bring things into life that are, are merely ideas and concepts in my head. And naturally this prompted me to ask, well, what's my ratio now? Because it sure feels like I'm doing a lot of eating. It sure feels like I spend a lot of time every day, uh, you know, dodging Mikey P's incoming sand cannonballs, right? Things are going to be different tomorrow than they are today. And to truly win, we need to be asking ourselves, how do we build that bridge from the present to the future? How do we lay out stepping stones that will allow an evolution in what we're doing? And I'm thinking, if my day's 95% consumed with eating type tasks, then I need to figure things out here, right? Is it automate? Is it eliminate? Is it delegate? It's something because the ship needs to be more effectively captained. And I love these epiphanies. Just a change in mindset that can completely redirect uh, one's entire trajectory. And it's funny, I was uh, having a conversation earlier today with a friend about scaling and impact and growth. Another person I love to throw ideas back and forth to, and he asked me, well, Eddie, what are some of the ways your world within could make money? And I was like, oh, it's, it's easy, right? And so I laid it all out in, in great detail, the ins and outs, and he says, that's awesome. But that's not the question I asked you. You answered a different question. You answered, how is the business making money now? I asked, how can it make money in the future? Boom, another epiphany. One of those instances where you catch yourself thinking small. And this isn't a knock on the work I'm doing now or the systems in place now. They're great now, but again, now isn't forever. If you have plans to add more value and create more impact, build more things, 
that has to be baked into your time and resource allocation. We all have to eat because we don't want to starve, but we also have to dream. Because if we're unable to look ahead, we simply will not be equipped to handle the turbulence of tomorrow, right? There's a duality to this game. And I think the ratio with which we're juggling the two deserves consistent attention and examination. Now, yeah, life is seasonal. There are times where keeping that ship afloat takes everything we have. But it's understanding that that is a season and not the way things are. Dreaming allows us to start moving in the right direction, even if it's one small step at a time. Building today piece by piece, something we can stand on tomorrow, a staircase to the version 2.0 and 3.0 and 4.0. The future depends on what we do today, and so we must create space for that seed to grow. We must chart the course and captain the ship to the next horizon. Understanding what you want sometimes requires learning in 1,000 different ways what you don't. Uncovering who you are means first experiencing who you are not. Finding the right person or people in your life calls for initially letting the wrong ones in. Life seems to demonstrate that there's a price to pay in order to get where we need to be. Patience, exploration, they're expensive. They exhaust energy, time, resources, but they are the only way. As though one needs to dig a hole in their heart before fully understanding how to best fill it in, it's stepping back to leap forward. I've always believed the no's teach us more than the yeses, the chaos more than the calm. We are tasked with taking our hurt and from it better understanding ourselves, holding our losses and with them finding answers we once overlooked, embracing our fears and alongside them becoming courageous. That's why maintaining perspective is everything. When we find that we've been slighted by life, we have to recognize that, yeah, maybe we didn't get the answer we wanted in the short term, but still picked up something beautiful, something necessary. We still learned what didn't work and saw where not to go. Because every step taken in one direction is a simultaneous decision to not go another. To embrace one option is to neglect its inverse. Every loss is a data point. Every time we fall, our worldview is shaped. And that's not just helpful, it's imperative. It's a brushstroke just as valuable as the ones derived from our successes, all culminating into one all-encompassing masterpiece. And I look back at the mistakes I made 
The time spent learning where I shouldn't be, the days with people who didn't lift me up, and I'm incredibly thankful for them. They brought me clarity. Like marble being slowly chiseled away, piece by piece, they have left an understanding, a self-identity that takes shape one day at a time. So as we make our way through life, let's not fail to see the value in these short-term misfortunes. For in many ways, we are fortunate to have them. Perhaps the value lags. Maybe you don't see why the mistakes saved your life while you were making them. But they are contributing to the building up of a greater you. They are mitigating the noise and lighting up the path. So hold your head up high. And not just for the sake of doing so, but because you had the courage to step out into a world that you knew would at times bring you to your knees. Hold your head up high because every time you stood back up, you made a statement. You declared that you wouldn't let discomfort and obstacles deter you, but rather shape you. You were willing to learn where not to go in exchange for the privilege of taking your road. Through the haze, across the war-torn ground beyond the hills, and toward a distant horizon, your horizon. The road to this moment wasn't an easy one. There were times where you thought you knew, but simply didn't. There were plans made that drastically differed from the ones fate had prepared. There were days that made you question yourself, your beliefs, that made you ask, what is my purpose? Look, to live is to have felt these things, asked these questions, to have seen firsthand the discrepancy between what we draw up and how life unfolds. And I think about this discrepancy often. The swings and misses, they hurt. You know, that quick shiver you feel down your spine when thinking about the wrong turns made. The tugging at your heartstrings when reflecting back on things said, or perhaps worse, left unsaid. It's easy to get lost in that feedback loop, letting the past dictate the present, letting yesterday define today. But here's what I've come to see as the truth. To experience the things that make life beautiful, we have to be vulnerable in a way we otherwise wouldn't. Open ourselves up to an unknown that, you know, we could have skipped altogether if we really wanted to. 
all that pain, all that hurt the past provided could very easily be the reason you shut down, the reason you play small. That hell you walk through could be your justification for never stepping out into the chaos of life again. That would, at first glance, appear to make sense. Seem ideal, even. But that pain could also be the reason you look around you and say, after all that, after experiencing everything life threw at me, I'm still here. And as I stand here now, I'm looking out at an array of possibility that is infinite. I'm equipped with an understanding and a worldview that was once foreign to me. I'm armed with a perspective that has changed my life for the better. By stepping out into the often dangerous, brutal, unforgiving world, I have elevated myself. And that has made all the difference. And while it may feel intuitive to run from a reiteration of yesterday's pain, it's wisdom that urges us to instead use that pain as a multiplier. The key to something more, something miraculous. Not to cower because we once endured it, but to stand tall because we overcame it. And that's what we often miss. We can think back to the adversity, sure. But we're often unable to see how that adversity shaped us. Our own strength, it's never gonna scream out at us. It's never gonna let us know it's there. We have to take the time to acknowledge its presence. We have to peer over our shoulders to see how far we've traveled. We'll always have obstacles before us. But if we don't stop and assess, we won't see that the obstacles have gotten bigger. Not because life's gotten harder, but because our own evolution has permitted us to step into bigger arenas. It has equipped us to take on larger adversaries. A simple willingness to be vulnerable has become the flame that lit up your soul. So the question is, will you step out? Will you see that vulnerability not as a crack in the foundation or a chink in the armor, but as strength? To love, it requires accepting a susceptibility to being hurt. To play the game requires an acceptance that you just might come up short. To bet on yourself means understanding that you might fall right on your face. To want more than you have now means acknowledging that you might be humbled along the way. 
This is what it means to live. Giving a piece of yourself in order to acquire that which means the most. The torturous, often counterintuitive willingness to step out into the darkness of night when your heart races and your mind moves a million miles a minute. That's vulnerable. That is power. And it's an investment in a tomorrow that otherwise would not have been available to you. You are not your past. You are the wisdom derived from its lessons. The courage removed from its trials. And the hurt, that hurt that was perhaps at one point the only thing you felt. It's not your reason to shrink into yourself. It's your reason to step back out. To say to the universe, I have the strength to again dance with the unknown. To risk the short-term discomforts that life often hands out like candy in exchange for the chance years from now to look at your reflection and say, I got back up. I did the hard thing. I followed my heart. I wandered into that darkness to obtain the wondrous reality that is for a time concealed. I did that. So love again. Grow again. Try again. Build again. Believe again. See again. Feel again. Step out into the world again. This is who you are. Underneath the fear and insecurity, underneath all those reasons to not go, there lives the beginning of the miracle that is life. And it won't be easy. The timing will never feel perfect, but the question will always exist. It will always exist within an arm's reach of where you stand. Can you be that vulnerable? Can you be that courageous? And not just when things are going well, but amidst the turmoil, the chaos, the self-doubt, when your memory only wants to play highlight reels of where things went wrong, where you swung and missed, will you choose to see those moments not as the chains that confine you, but as the strength that elevates you? Will you be vulnerable enough to give away some of you in order to expand and transform all of you?